RLC founder Dave Evans spends time with partners, clients, and friends in the USA talking about all things business. If you are an inspiring business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO, or a coach who wants real advice about what to do in business today and wants to hear frank conversations, then this is the show for you. Real life consultations, challenges, and ideas from all around the world. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consultivation. So it looks like we are live. We are ready to blast off, baby. We need a drum roll. And we definitely need a drum roll because George Powers is back from Powers Accounting, Syracuse, New York, the home of the Dave Evans Meatloaf. You got you to wait for everybody to finish cheering. You got to wait for the cheer. Okay, now you can talk. <laughs> Thank you, George. I, I think you're absolutely right, though. Do you recall that visit? Was it? Oh, can you believe how, how long ago that was? Sunday, Sunday morning, I flew all the way in from Mallorca and I brought a bottle of wine, Kevin. Kevin Turnbull's back with us from LA. Kevin, I brought a bottle of wine from Mallorca all the way to Syracuse. Yep. We, we cracked it open and drank it the next night, I think it was. Because you know, was Friday or Saturday. I can't remember. What it was. Yeah, we it's drank right. it. That's right. And I, I remember getting it bubble wrapped at Heathrow, yeah, right. right? To yep. stick it in my case. You know, you know that wrapping they do for your, your bags? And I had this bottle of wine wrapped up, and it really did look suspicious in the case because it was like three or four times as thick as it should be. Can you imagine what that must have looked like going through the plane? And that's uh, what he got in there. Yes. And what was really funny, Kevin, is um, Dave apparently had never been to a, a U.S. diner. Oh. Yeah, uh, and I, that surprised me. He's been to here in the states uh, numerous, numerous times, and never had experienced the the gastro sensation of a diner. So well, I... <laughs> that takes that take that takes me back to my first time. <laughs> so <laughs> what brought him into a local diner because we we're just trying to figure. Okay, this diner kind of says a little bit about who we are. Took him on, on Sunday morning, I think it was, to the to the diner. He walks into. It's Baldwinsville, New York, a little Beville diner, walks in in his kilt, and as you can imagine, uh, about every head in the in the place turned and was watching him walk in. <laughs> Who's this guy walking in in a skirt? <laughs> sit sit down, we order, we order, and, and they, he uh, decided, he, he first question, he said, what's a meatloaf? Right. So I explained to him what a meatloaf was, uh, and then he ordered, uh, um, he ordered uh, steak and eggs, I remember. And the waitress said, how would you like the eggs? And he said, blue. I know, it was the steak. It was how do you like the steak? Steak. How do you, I'm sorry, not the egg. How do you like the steak? The steak. And, and uh, he said, blue. And she looked at him like he had three heads. And she said, what? <laughs> I had to convert and said, he, he would like it rare. <laughs> yeah, just, just bring the cow in from outside. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, that was, yeah, they, they, they don't recognize blue over here. No, nope. it's yeah. not. It's not. It's not a thing. No, not a thing. And then I, I, I had a couple pieces of meatloaf when I was full. I gave him one of my pieces of meatloaf, so he, he got to eat U.S. meatloaf for the first time. He never had that before, too. So never a diner, never a U.S. meatloaf. So he, he was really brought in. I, I, I lowered him a peg or two of the U.S. eating standard. I think. I, well, I, I make I make a mean meatloaf as it happens. Yeah, 
thing is though, Kevin, a statement like that has to be backed up with evidence because it's a well, I'll, 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 I'll whip one up for next week. All right, well, I'm on my way, Kevin. Well, I have to wait, I have to wait till May the 17th, apparently, for international travel rules. But uh, if you can keep it in the freezer, <laughs> no problem. So, this week, chaps, on consultation, we got a little bit of news uh, for anybody watching or listening. I am excited to tell you that we will have a sponsor in March. Ooh. <laughs> Kevin, you, you, you know, your tone of voice here is marvellous. Um, so it's we're going to be sponsored by the Mastery Network for the next six months, which is fabulous news. And uh, if anybody's wondering what the Mastery Network is, it is the go-to place in the States for business education and advice. So, so if you're a professional advisor, you've either got to have Core 24, or if you're a business owner, you should be using Core 24 to self-educate the best ways to run your business. So anyway, that more, more of that to come back in March. Right now, today, though, we are here on RRC Consultations. George, last week, Kevin asked a really important question. If you're new today, he said, why is it called consultivation? And uh, of course, I answered eloquently, Kevin, didn't I? You, you did. It didn't make much sense either, the answer, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> is conversations about consult or by consulting's consultants and advisors, consultivations about business. And today I want to talk about something that I think is... I never thought about that. <laughs> that thanks. Is that what it's called? I never asked a great Good question, Kevin. Well, it's, it's great that you've showed up anyway. Thank you, Gio. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to talk about a subject about being connected or cut off. And what does that mean? And I think let's start off with COVID has forced us to almost live a bit like this, hasn't it? Um, connected or cut off. And, and I, I've, let's talk socially first, business second. Um, Bob Gay was telling us uh, last week that um, COVID has actually got her family on a Sunday for happy hour, every Sunday, connected every week. Whereas outside of a, you know, a pandemic, it might be months before, you know, fathers, daughters, children, siblings, cousins, nieces, nephews actually either talk or even get together. So it has created connectivity in a in amidst it's uh, being cut off. So what are your thoughts, uh, chaps, on the idea of connected or cut off? How important do you think is it as we come out of a pandemic this year? Well, I suppose it depends on connected and cut off with whom. If you're cut off from your vendors, that's great. They can't send you a bill. They cut you off, then that's a different issue. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I do think that, that the pandemic has, has in many ways brought about an interesting look at who you're connected to and how and when. And, you know, there are some people embracing the, uh, you know, getting like obviously Barb, uh, you know, getting together with the family online and staying connected that way. Uh, and I think, as we've probably talked in the past, this the the virtual movement has been kicked about ten years down the road at least. And you know, how do we stay connected with people? And I have found that uh, meetings with clients, you can you know sometimes actually do connect better because it's quicker. You don't have as big a deal. Oh, I got to drive for a half hour, then I got an hour meeting, and that's a two hour session. You know, it can be 15 20 minute check-in so it in some ways it can it can help increase um, you know the the contacts because of 
I think just being acknowledged and being aware of the technology that we can use. It, it was there before, but it kind of highlighted it a little bit more. So I think in many ways it we can use this to to connect. But I think and also uh, it's a problem in that we're not seeing the person eye to eye. I was still a great believer that there's things that you can do in person differently than you can do virtual. And I'm I'm a great you know great user technology. I'm not discounting it at all, but sometimes you just want to sit down and be with the person eye to eye. And so I, I think it's it's been a, a mixture of both, both good and bad, but it's been an interesting, you know, kind of ob observing what's been going on. And can I can I ask you though, George, if you're doing a tax return review with a client, I eye to eye, how do you look at the information? Because if you're a Kevin, it's true, isn't it? If you're literally eye to eye, does that mean you're nose to nose? Like this. <laughs> How do you actually pick up the tax return? Well, you, you, you focus on another part, but yes. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about face-to-face -face interactions, aren't you? And yes. the impact you can have in a room, the experience, you know, the softer side. Um, how important is this if you're a leader or an owner of a business today, do you think, starting to think about being connected or cut off? I think it's uh, I think it's really important. And funnily enough, I think with with COVID, there's a dichotomy involved here, where you know the the response to COVID, by its essence, is about being cut off. Yeah. You know, because we're all self isolated, we're all kind of we're not talking to people. Um, we are positively um, ignoring people. You know, when you're out on the streets or going to the supermarket because you're all masked up and you know six feet distancing and stuff like that. However. The dichotomy is like Barb's story of, you know, the, um, sh she's communicating more um, with her family through Zoom and other electronic devices. I have the same, uh, you know, I've got a bunch of friends in the UK where we would physically meet twice a year and just occasionally we might bump into one or other of us in between times. Now we have a monthly call uh, for a joke and a laugh and, a, and, and an online drink. And in the business context, um, <clears throat> my take is that leaders, they are aware that their employees are cut off physically. So they've gone overboard to reconnect through Zoom and the like in order to make sure that they're not isolated, they're not lonely, they, lack, they, they don't like guidance. Um, and, and, and so I think there's been a, a real shift in the connection way, despite the COVID pandemic. Um, yeah. So this, this kind of, you know, it's a silver lining story, I think. I think that's a really good reframe. And I was thinking about the reframe yesterday, Kevin. That's a really good way of looking at it and recognizing some of the words that COVID actually produces. I, I forget the actual word that the British government uses about those who have to, those who've got underlying medical issues have to be, there's a word, it'll come to me, they're not allowed to go anywhere. You know, they have to stay in their house. And Self-isolation. No, it's, it's a single word, I think, from my computer in the wall, otherwise known as Debbie in the room next door. <laughs> um, it's, um, That's your AI speaking, Dave. <laughs> I, I have a Boltonian AI device. Hey, Debbie, what's that word that described Pauline and Kevin not being allowed to go anywhere? Yeah, my AI device says I have no idea. So... <laughs> It's like the real one, isn't it? It's absolutely like the real one. The thing is, though, 
I also think this brings into play communication, doesn't it? And you can see from the scroll, we've got 33 ways to remain connected on the website, rlc-global.com, blog, a forward slash blog, forward slash connected, dash cut off, or just go to the blog, you'll see it. And it's a chunky read. It's another 8,000 words of quality content to dive in and have a look at. But I think um, we were we were having a bit of a laugh. I, I don't think Debbie was laughing when she was re-editing the chapter of the book, Leadership or Leadership, and going through this particular process. Because we were looking at the film where the circle of trust was first really made famous. And it turns out it was Meet the Fockers. I was going to say, I thought that was that. So what you're inside the, the circle of trust. Yes, that was a funny movie. It was a funny movie. But it made a simple point funny. But how many leaders do you know in your careers who've had a circle of trust? For real, seriously. Kevin, in your career, did you ever have somebody who operated as a, you know, this is our circle of trust, as just a light ethos? Um, uh, uh, yes. Um, I, in fact, I could think of a number of examples. Um, I did, uh, uh, I, I worked for, you know, a big global company that turned over sort of five billion pounds. And, and I was one of the kind of global group directors. <clears throat> but there was definitely an, an inner circle. Yeah. You know, yeah, surrounding the group CEO, um, and it was difficult to get in, and you felt excluded if you weren't in it, because if you're not in it, you're out of it, um, and therefore you have a feeling of well, what's going on? You know, what are they talking about? Are they talking about me? Yeah, you know, yeah. Or, or things that impact my role, um, and so yes, I think I always thought that that was very um, uh, negative and and quite destructive in in terms of. Um, you know, having a team, and then a team within a team. Uh, you know, if that if that was a if that was a sports team, that would self destruct in a season. I, I totally agree, and I, and I think you, you've you've hit I think a fundamental nail on the head here. The good intention of an inner circle is in itself a destructive idea. Because <clears throat> I, I don't think George anyone thinks about the people who aren't in it. And what their version of the world is. Well, it's an, it's an interesting, uh, probably an interesting balance. As I was listening to you, I was looking at your at your sheet and you know, talking about the inner circle. And, you know, it's a different world than it was. And I still think we have a lot of us that were learned in the, the old world that, in the sense that, all right, you don't give information to employees. They show up, they work, they go home. They don't, they don't get financial. They don't get numbers. They don't. You know, we've really changed the dichotomy of how, you know, we manage these days and try to be more informative for the employees, more inclusive uh, in, in, in a lot of different ways than what it what it was. But at the same time, you sometimes don't want employees to know for their own benefit um, some of the negatives. As a leader, you don't you, you don't pass on some of those things. You hold on to them. And in some ways. You know, it can be difficult, but you, you, I've always felt that part of a leader is, okay, if something comes in, you need to, you, you need to look positive in the face of all negativity, you know, to, to get, to get by that. Cause otherwise the employees, you know, get down as well. So I think there's a, there's a give and a take there. Uh, and take, talking of giving and taking, let's take what you said and let's, let's accept something that uh, I think one of the biggest biggest and worst things you can do and best skills you can use like most things that can be used positive or negatively is the act of silence 
So in terms of communication, conversations going on among colleagues, uh, you maybe don't like it, you don't know what to say, and you're silent, is recognizing in that moment the silence is actually not very useful. You've got to either interrupt, pattern interrupt, change direction, change course, or set a boundary. Um, that's when it, where silence is negative. In negotiation, silence is super useful, isn't it, Kevin? And you're very, Kevin Turnbull, if you're listening, is one of the masters of the silence technique. And we give him loads of credit for that. <laughs> so uh, Kevin and I once many years ago had a, I think it was a four minute silence. <laughs> sat there together. When he first joined our all season, we had the longest silence ever. And uh, I don't know if you remember that, but Kevin was brilliant at it. And, I, and I'm sat there at that time going through that experience, George. And I, the little boys come into the room in my head going, I can't believe he's actually doing this. This is brilliant. Um, but it was the right thing to do. Uh, but when you're silent as a leader, when the conditions aren't necessarily great, you're accidentally approving what's going on. So therefore, go on, George. No, I, I, and I just want to clarify it. And I get silence is a step further. And I agree with you that silence is, is silence is not good. Um, but you got to get somebody to be careful with with what you what you what you say as a leader, um, because the, the, and I've been to companies we all have, I'm sure that you know, something happens and and the employees don't get told what's going on. And I've always said is, you know, they say you know nature abhors abhors a vacuum, and in a company, if you don't tell employees, don't give them guidance, even in negative, and you know you have to kind of phrase it, I guess, in the right way, they will fill it with the worst possible scenario. Employees, team members always fill things with the worst possible scenario they possibly can. It's just, a, I think it's just a matter of self-preservation. They don't mean to do it negatively. So it is, I agree, it is important to to communicate, but you have to sometimes be careful with with what and when you do communicate in certain situations. Right, I think I agree with all of that, um, George. <clears throat> and the other thing I'd say about the pandemic is that um, it has created silences. Um, sure, you can have Zoom catch-ups and stuff like that, but you're, you're missing the the hundreds of times that you touch the the organization and the vibe within the organization when you're not there. Um, and, and, and so that's a, that's basically a, a, a cultural silence that you're not, you might not be picking up what's actually going on. Yeah. Uh, and of course your employees are, are in the same silence. So they're not picking up what's maybe going on. And then they, they exhibit all the behavior you've just talked about. They kind of make stuff up. Um, uh, you know, the conspiracy theory, the, the what if a lot, and, and all of that is pretty negative. Um, and I worked with one client who's brilliant at this. Um, you're right at the start of the pandemic. He, um, he asked his, his, his leadership team to identify the people in the organization who were single because he saw them as being particularly vulnerable. Um, you know, on a Friday night, you're single, you live alone um, and, and you're in lockdown. So the weekend can seem like a never-ending, you know, slice of purgatory. Um, so he would send pizzas out on a Friday night just to say that, you know, we 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 you, know, you, you may or may not be struggling, but we know you, you're there and you know we love you. And they're sending a message, a compassionate message, and we're in this together. Um, so he was he was trying to get rid of the silence. What a great idea! Yeah. Just pizza. What does that mean to a person? Wow, that's a wonderful idea. 
And you know, George, it's, it's true though, isn't it? It's, it's that reward feature that we talked about earlier today. It's doing something as a reward intentionally to remember or remind them, yeah. as opposed to things people expect, isn't it? That's the difference. And I mean, pizza is, is not, not a big thing, but if you send it unexpected to somebody. And George, it depends what size you've ordered. Well, that's true. <laughs> How many items you put on it? But that yeah. is that's such a wonderful. I like I like that. That's a great idea. Kevin, there Kevin, you go. Just 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 as the pandemic is coming to an end, George, you've found an answer to one of your problems. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Right there at the end. Do you know? But it's it, the other bit. I think the world is missing at the moment, and we get access to this through through Jim and the consult team. There are products coming, new innovations that are going to make surfaces cleaner than they've ever been before. Rental cars that can be cleaned in a product that sprays. All kinds of innovations. Lights that can clean the room. Lights that can clean the room. That's bonkers. Yeah. So, so the, the, the technological innovations haven't made the news yet, have they? But they're coming on top of the vaccinations. Kevin, I just want to really call out this silence thing. If you're listening to this, let's get serious just for a moment. If we know people who might be in silence, all it takes is a question. Reach out. Are you all right? And ask them, are you going to be all right? And be prepared to act if they're not. And, and I think that's a really important social and community aspect, not just of a business, but the town you're in, the street you're in, and really calling that out. Another thing for connecting up, coming back to business, is, is one of the things I notice owners don't do and could do by default is connect up what you're doing with your mission. Do you know, um, I remember once having a conversation with some friends of ours who run a company and they were saying, people aren't getting it. So I asked the question, do you connect up your framework to what you're spending your time doing. Can anyone guess what the answer was? Huh? Not much. <laughs> Correct. Nobody means it, do they? But it's like a signpost. You know, we lived in Mallorca. One thing we liked about the island, there was a list of things we liked. You couldn't get lost. Everywhere had a signpost to Palmer, right? See, so if you were lost, you go, I gotta get back to Palmer. Because Palmer was usually the way off the island, either by boat or by plane. You were other places you could get a boat. But to get a plane, you had to go to Palmer. And leadership, you've got to have that Palmer sign, haven't you? You know, hey, look, this is the framework. This is the mission. This is the work we're doing together. Yeah, that bit connects that up. Because if you're an operator or you're somebody who is, you know, a worker bee or a team member, you might not do that. And, and yet, if you're expecting them to join that up, they won't do that. So it's our job to say, look what that connects up to. Uh, George, how well do you do that? Probably not terribly well. <laughs> I, I, I've been working on it. I have been uh, trying to, we, once a month, we have a, a, a lunch for the team that, you know, that we, we pay for. And I try to focus on something in there, but I do need to, uh, bring the culture and the mission around a little bit more fully. I did publish the mission into a uh, uh, and got it framed and put it on the wall to kind of to basically also for me to say this is what this is our mission. This is what we're trying to do. These are our values, um, and we talk about it. And but we need to focus on it a little bit more. I think just as a reminder of what we're here for. 
and that's I think that's really great advice uh, as well to take the time to do that. What do you think, Kev? Well, well, I think in in in, in that example, George, I, I don't think it's 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 necessary always to be telling people what the mission and values are. Um, you know, I, I like conversations which are, you know, guys, girls, we've got the mission on the wall. What does it mean? What does it mean to you? Get them to articulate their sense of it all. And then you're communicating. Um, and, uh, and and that's just one of the signposts we, we kind of, we should be using in business, but often aren't. Now, when I, when I moved to the States from the UK, one of the, th- there are many things about, uh, you know, driving over here, which is weird. Um, not least of which is the bad driving in, in LA and California, but LA in particular. Uh, <laughs> and the freeways are kind of something else. Um, but in terms of signposting, one of the very noticeable things is that the the focus on signposting, it's certainly in California, is is the next three junctions. You know, because they come up pretty quickly in the Californian freeway system. What it doesn't say is that you're on the road to Sacramento. Whereas in the UK, if you are going to London or, or Palmer, if you're on the road to Palmer, every few miles there'd be a Palmer 20 miles, Palmer 16 miles. So you know the direction from the signposting. But if you've just got the next three junctions, you're in a kind of little bubble. Yeah. A, a, a little local bubble. And you could be going on completely the wrong roads, but you're going to San Diego and not San Clemente, because one's south and one's north. So I'm just I'm I'm fascinated by you know why why leaders can get stuck in a in a in, in that local bubble and they don't look up and see what the signpost is telling them you know to the destination the bigger picture does that make sense makes perfect sense Kevin needs no topping and tailing and I think if anyone's listened to that you could apply that straight away. We are on the blog also giving away 10 ways to have a connecting business story. It's in the content. You can go and read that, do that. And we've published the primary aim docket that our coaches use. George is one of our team. Kevin is, of course, the VP of RLC Consult USA. So stuff we actually use. And if you want to go through those, do it yourself or get our help. You can do that too. But having a connected business story will also help keep your business connected. The, the last thing I want to w- look at as a call out for the future is I once read an article on LinkedIn, and I think I've experienced this many times with our clients where, Kev, you've got somebody in your team, they're high flying, you like them, there's chemistry, and then one day they leave. They work their notice period and they say, yeah, I'll serve the three months before I leave. What do you think happens to their connectivity, to the leadership in their exit lounge period? Connected or cut off? Definitely cut off. Cut off and excluded deliberately. Yeah. And 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 some of it could be NDA related, right? So I get that. Some of it could be business sensitivity related. But you know the human parts? Completely unnecessary. I, I, I see that actually sometimes happening before they give notice to self done. I can, I've, I've done this enough years. I can kind of predict before a person comes into my office and gives me notice, I can predict that they're going to, they, you know, they have basically 
shut down before they have given notice. I, I see that on a, a relatively regular basis. Well, and, and they shut off with people, they shut off with work, they kind of do all, all I, I see it coming. And yes, it does happen more so once they give notice with everybody else too, but um, that, that is an interesting thought, yeah. It is, isn't it? Because I don't, I don't think half the time people mean it. And what happens, I, I've seen them do, do this, is where somebody will just stop for all the reasons that that person's not around anymore. Yeah. It's a day, it's a couple of days, then it's a week, then it's two weeks, and then you can't go back, can you? Yeah. Oh, it's three weeks now. It's a month, Kevin. Yeah, I, oh, I'm not calling them anymore. Um, I, and suddenly, out of embarrassment, a poor exit happens. And I also remember somebody many years ago going, when you leave somewhere, don't leave a bridge that's, if you're going you to have a bridge that you're going to pull down, set fire to it, right? But if you're not going to do that, <clears throat> you want to keep a bridge intact, it, both sides have to keep that connectivity. And I just think in the future, some of those behaviours from the past, I think are a direct risk, aren't they, to future leadership? Because there's no need to be like that anymore. And I think tomorrow's generation won't tolerate it either. If, they, if you, as a leader, have accidentally cut them off, they'll cut themselves off. One, one of the things I know with our industries, when you have people leave, they may go to another firm or something. So you really would like the relationship to continue because you never know when you're going to run into them again or you might need something from them or they're, they're going to need something from you. So yeah, you do want to try to keep those... People make changes. That's okay. Uh, it's not an insult, or it's not sometimes things just change. So keeping that connection, I think, is is vital in making a healthy a healthy business in many ways too. You don't need to burn it. You typically totally. And, and the other thing that, and we'll come to Kevin next, is keeping your clients connected, George. Too, if you're serving clients, you might have clients you don't speak to for a little bit. But how do you keep them connected? How do you keep some some thread of something? Let them know that you are there, you are thinking of them. Even though it's just a quick email, that you're doing something rather than nothing. So, right, gents, connected or cut off is what we've been talking about today. Is there any other pearls of wisdom? George, you're going to have to beat the one you just said, uh, which was that a really good one about um, a good leader of all, no, communication of all of vacuum. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, nature of a vacuum, yeah. Thank so. you. You've got to raise the bar. So we'll come no. to you next. Okay. Kevin, any pearls of wisdom about connected or cut off that, you know, you want to finish with today? Yeah, what, what, many moons ago when I did an MBA, um, I wrote my dissertation on the effectiveness of executive information systems. So it was a kind of IT business connectivity focused um, thing. Um, and I even got it sponsored by uh, an executive information systems company because it was a big thing at the time. Um, so I did some original research and my conclusion, and, and, and EIS was all about giving the guy at the top loads of information that they can drill down, you know, using technology into divisions and, and structures and stuff like that. So, so um, it empowered the person at the top but I came out very strongly that this was a this was a this was a cutoff position. It made them more isolated, even though they had the facts there, because they weren't talking to the divisional heads or the regional heads or whatever it might be. And I came out with a, my conclusion, which I remember to this day, was executive information systems should be called 
everybody's information systems. And I think that's just a really interesting connected and cut off story where people were galloping along this technology driven path to be cut off from their organization. And it was wrong. That's good. Uh, that's a really great shout, Kevin. And I think you've set the banner really high for George. And we're going to just hold on for one more second. Uh, <laughs> StreamYard doesn't let me say everything you just said, but I want to put it up. An executive information system that is a cutoff position. I really like what you said. It should be an everybody information system. What a great idea. And the modern way of socializing information does give us a chance of doing that a lot better through apps where you can socialize, chat and stuff instead, as well as formally communicate. So uh, we're still coming back to George uh, in a moment. So George, is there a pearl of wisdom you'd like to share after that buildup? I, I think it goes down and to steal a different thing is, is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, in the idea and when communication provides that idea of care and, and taking what Kevin said, you know, people are cut off. They think you just don't care that you're and it's it's not necessarily that's not what it's intended to do. So the communication provides that level of care, that level of concern, that uh, that thing that you can then come back to on another time and then you can deliver the information to them. Do you, do you feel like I've caught it with what I've displayed on the screen? Hello. Hello me. Is that, how you spell it? Is that how you spell it, Kevin? Uh, sort of, yeah. Actually, this is a contentious cheese point to me because that's really difficult to get in LA. <laughs> One supermarket has it seasonally and I don't even understand what the season is. Whereas Halloumi <laughs> is kind of ubiquitous in the UK. So, is this better, Kevin? We're just going to make an upgrade. Mozzarella. That's not how you spell it, but there you go. Yeah, but it's it's a bit more understandable. Mozzarella. I really have no idea how you spell mozzarella. I should learn that afterwards. So the point is, George just quoted John C. Maxwell. <laughs> He's being clocked. <laughs> so it is actually a wonderful message from John. And what John does particularly well is he gives you a simple idea and it reeks of cheese. Yeah. Yet there's a truth in it. Yeah. People don't care how much you know. Until they know how much you care. And on that bombshell, Gio, I think... I think we should. Uh, I think my AI just had a bit of a giggle in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're listening to Consultivation in the CPA space, particularly it is tax season. Yes, it is another PPP season. Yes, it is payroll credits for many of you, and you've got so much work and clients not sending stuff in on time, and so much, and so much, and so much. Yet. Hopefully, listening to this while you're working or listening to this full stop will give you a bit of a laughter back into your step with a tinge of seriousness. George Powers from Powers Accounting and Consulting, Syracuse, sir. Man of the meatloaf, thank you. <laughs> and Kevin Turnbull, who, of course, is the president of RLCLA, VP of RLC Consult, our advisory training program. Thanks for your time too, Mr. Turnbull. We have been Consultivation.
Thank you for listening to Consultivations, brought to you by RLC Global, helping you become a best version business. If you want any help from the conversations in the show today, please reach out to info at rlc-global.com and one of our team would be delighted to talk with you. Go to rlcglobal.group for more information and free content designed to help you.